0: You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Okay, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Do What You Want Radio. In this episode, I am going to be Skyping with Keegan of Poncha Surf Club, a, what would you call it, lifestyle brand in New Orleans, or how would you... Uh...
1: I think, like, what we've been trying to go to is a community because, um, you know, we do our branding and stuff like that, but, like, you know, I guess we're just a bunch of guys getting together, going surfing, so we just do t-shirts on the side.
0: Yeah, well, tell me how all that kind of started.
1: Uh, well, it's a funny story. Um, so, three years ago, um... I was in like a really weird relationship and, um, like Michael who I'm also, um, he's my partner or whatever. He, uh, I don't know. It it was like, we had always wanted to do something together and we couldn't really find, we wanted to do like photography stuff together and like that would fall through, I guess. Um, because like back in the day, we were really big Instagrammers and we were having so much fun with it. But um, yeah, the, the relationship led me to be more creative because it was kind of an abusive relationship. So like I was like, I need to get out of this somehow and do something healthy. And uh, so I started creating things, but I never had a name for it. And it wasn't until about two years ago that I was telling Michael that You know, wouldn't it be funny if we made a brand revolving around, like, people surfing on the lake, you know, and call it, like, Poncha Train something? He's like, how about Poncha? And I was like, whoa.
0: That's so surf, bro. Like, Poncha is perfect.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought it was perfect, too. So I started putting that branding on things, and I was like, wow, this is, like, a genius idea. But it wasn't until, like, a few weeks later that I actually started surfing the lake because I was like – well, I, I've never done this, but I'm saying, wouldn't it be funny? Because I, w- I would watch videos on, on YouTube and stuff of people surfing the lake, and I was like, okay, so it can actually be done, but, like, how, you know? Yeah. Um, So I started figuring all that stuff out, and um, I don't know. It just, you know, then we started meeting up more and was like, you know, let's make a T-shirt design, and uh, we came up with that, um, what we call the OG, which is, basically like the mosquito, Mm -hmm. um, with the Mellow Knights mosquito bites. Um, and that took us all of like five minutes to come up with, but it's like one of our best selling shirts. So kind of strange. That
0: one in gray. (laughs) Um, but wait, so, so for people who don't know anything about New Orleans or the area, Lake Pontchartrain is massive and it's not like, I guess, I don't want to say it's not surfable because you've made it surfable, (laughs) but it's not something that you would really equate Uh to like California surf style or anything it's like a big nasty lake
1: (laughs) yeah they they basically call it a novelty wave like that's in surfing that's a term um it's basically a wave that like you only surf for the fun of it it's not like anything serious I mean you know in the lake the waves never really get over like a foot close to shore unless Mm -hmm. there's a really big like storm system in the area because what happens with the lake not to get too like surfy on you guys but Um, we call this stuff fetch and basically fetch has to travel 24 miles across the lake to get to us so that we can surf it. But a lot of times out in the middle of the lake, the swell meter, I guess, you know, like the buoy or whatever, will read like three feet when, you know, then you have to account for how much time it has from that buoy to the shore. And then it'll be like one foot. Or six inches. So it's you not know? like
0: these massive swells that you see on YouTube. I'm,
1: the only massive swell I've ever seen was from, I was like a tropical storm we had like two years ago or something like that. But, I mean, it was like five foot swells. And I was like, oh my God, I need to be out there right now. Like well, everybody else is like watching, but I'm like, no, I need to be in that.
0: <laughs> did you surf before all this happened? Like
1: ever? um. Yeah, I did like here and there, but um basically I started skateboarding when I was like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. I was in 7th grade. I was like infatuated with this kid that skated, so I was like I want to do that. And we started skating together. Mm-hmm. And he was really good and I was just kind of like subpar or whatever. I've always been subpar, but um I I think it was it was around the same time that I was like I want to create a brand that I started surfing. Um mm-hmm. uh, so it kind of go- went hand in hand. Um
0: When I feel like it's a but- very like niche market around here too because it's not really something that comes to mind when you think Louisiana. You think of all these other things that you could brand, but like surfing is so different. Yeah. I think that's what makes you all stand out.
1: Yeah. We also, I mean, I come from different roots, you know. Um my parents are from Virginia. Um um, my brother's from North Carolina he was born in North Carolina so like we have all these like country roots and stuff so like um it's really strange for me to be the only beach child but I am um, <laughs> you look
0: the part too like yeah Keegan's hair is all grown out and it's blonde and it's like super surfy
1: <laughs> yeah um no matter what I do it's like I don't even have to go in the salt water but um Yeah, it was just—it was strange because you know when I was growing up, we'd go to the beach a lot, and I'd see people surfing in Pensacola, and I was like, you know, I skate; it can't be much harder. Um, Is
0: it much harder?
1: It's—it's. I feel like it's a little bit of the same animal. Um, It's a—you have to adjust to it. You know, Mm -hmm. you get so used to the small little board and turning really quickly and then you get on a nine foot board and you're like, this thing doesn't turn very quickly, you know? (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I find, I get so much out of surfing, you know? Um, skating was fun, you know, when I was younger, um, I didn't really continue with it after high school. I just kind of like rode from point A to point B and did it in a stylish manner, you Mm know? (laughs) And, uh, because I was so obsessed with Lords of Dogtown, you know, that that was mm-hmm. like the thing that like I wanted to surf because of Lords of Dogtown, because I was like, they have so much attitude. I want that attitude.
0: That's how I felt about like rocket power.
1: <laughs> yeah, same, same. <laughs> like, like growing like, up I go in to...
0: Phoenix, all the cool skate I... kids and I had a SpongeBob skateboard, but I didn't know how to do anything on it. But I rollerbladed a lot. I broke my wrist rollerblading and I was very much outside all the time. But surfing yeah. was like a whole different thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a whole different animal. And Rocket Power makes it look so easy. Mm-hmm. I I remember like days where I was at the beach and I'd watch Rocket Power just because I wanted to like channel them surfing. Because like my parents wouldn't buy me a board, so I was like, I, I need to channel this somehow. You know? What
0: about boogie boarding? Because I used to go hard in the boogie board.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh my brother um when he was younger i think he had like gotten his own boogie board or something it was like a really nice one it's not like one of those things that like the second that you like take a wipe out it like breaks in half and you're like oh there goes my five bucks um yeah it was a really good one and so i kind of got the knack of like actually boogie boarding like um but i don't know we call them kooks so
0: you have so many surf like slang terms, it cracks me yeah. up. But yeah. you're like legit now. So, wait, so Sapancha so kind of started as like a fun creative outlet for y'all, but you said it's turning into a community. Explain more about that.
1: Yeah. So basically what happened was is um, things didn't go the way we planned. Um, we thought that by calling ourselves a surf club, it was just kind of like um, – just a brand name you know it wasn't like we were going to become this um that was actually michael's idea i just wanted to call it poncha i didn't want to involve surf club because i didn't want to categorize ourselves to like surfing only you know um but it ended up that as time went on and people started finding us it was like i surf and i live in louisiana i surf and i live in louisiana and it just kept adding up and now we have like a a group message with like 70 people in it oh jeez. yeah
0: 70?
1: yeah and we're all talking constantly about swell information and like you know where are you going for this swell and like all this stuff so it's an easy way to keep in contact with us like you know I'll post something on there every now and then but I've been a little busy so everyone else has been posting for me which is nice but
0: that's insane that it's grown to be something that big. So when y'all – I mean do you have like um, dates that you go out like every month and surf with each other or is it kind of just like a spontaneous thing?
1: It's it's super spontaneous because we can't really predict what's going to happen. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. I mean as we're talking, there's something happening Wednesday but <laughs> – um, yeah, this winter has been really weird. Uh last winter it was like a swell every weekend, so it was super predictable and I could just tell people, "Oh, we'll be out there next weekend," you know? But this winter has been a little mild and uh now it's finally starting to get cold, so we're starting to get swell again. Um so So yeah. does
0: everyone wear the Ponta Surf Club like merch out at the <sighs> water?
1: actually our friend from uh orange beach was telling us that every single time he's like driving around he sees poncha everywhere and really? it kind of freaks him out yeah That's um, good, though. yeah because we did a pop-up over there not too long ago i think it was in june or something and we had so many people come in we just didn't know what to do like we did really well over there um and i think we're gonna open up a store over there but i'm not sure
0: well, that's what I was going to uh, say. So do you, I, I, y'all have some stuff, is it, in Tim's Garage? Or do you still have stuff uh,
1: there? I don't know. I haven't really talked to him in a while. But I know that we had stuff in Tim's Garage. We had stuff in Friend in New Orleans.
2: Yeah, I've been right
1: there. next to Defend New Orleans. Um, Oh, Where else? So Maybe. If- Maybe it wasn't New else. Well, for Sorry.
0: Tim's Garage is, like, a really cool store. It's not, like, someone's actual garage. It's, like, a store no. in Baton Rouge, <laughs> um, and the owner, Brad, uh, is really cool, and I'd like to have him on the podcast, too, eventually. But um, talk a little bit about getting your stuff into stores and how that process goes.
1: Well, that was Michael's job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never really done – because for all who don't know, he works – he's the photographer of Defend New Orleans and also, like um, – helps out with a lot of the design work um but so he's more of a business mind you know Mm -hmm. I'm obviously the way I sound I sound like a a surfer guy like (laughs) um you know I'm not really business savvy but he is and he helped me out with that and now I know how to do it but like before I was like what do we do dude I don't don't even know you know I think
0: that's refreshing though because that's how everyone kind of is but a lot of people are too embarrassed to admit it Um, so it's cool to hear that you're just like everybody else, like none of us actually know what we're doing. Um, (laughs) but I mean, I met you in the music scene locally doing photography. So how did the photography thing turn into Poncha? And like, do you get to use photography as an outlet with the brand?
1: Yeah, actually I do. Um, so basically what happened was, you know, I deleted my Instagram, like, shoot, I don't even know how many years it's been. And I was always looking for an outlet, but I could never really find anything. Like I was shooting for bands still. I was doing all that stuff, but I didn't feel like I was like representing myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and as Pancha grew, it turned into this thing where we could represent ourselves and like expand our creative horizons. And um, and it could reflect us, you know, Pancha reflects me a lot. Um, it reflects Michael in some ways too. Um, but he always says like, dude, you are Poncha. Like
0: <laughs> you're like the the muse and the brand and the creative director. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. Cause I don't want to be the muse. Like I don't want to be the face of it. I just want it to be its own thing and not, um, run off of me because I, you know, I don't care anymore. I, you know, the thing is about social media now is we have to be the face to something. And it's really hard when you don't want to be, you know,
2: Yeah,
1: and people expect (laughs) to see your face. They expect to like, see what you look like or see how you are and stuff. And so like, you know, when people ask for the the group message or whatever, it's like an opportunity for them to actually talk to me like one on one Mm -hmm. rather than like me just or Michael just replying on the Instagram to people and like not really knowing what he's saying sometimes, <laughs> you know, we sign poncho dudes on, on everything uh-huh. so that it's, it's like, you can't blame either of us. Just blame the whole collective thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so in that regard, like who you said, Michael's more the business mind, but how are your roles like split up in terms of what y'all do?
1: <clears throat> so basically I'm really lazy and he's he's waking up at 7 o'clock in the morning and going to sleep at 10 o'clock. He's like an old man. So he's getting more done early in the morning and I'm waking up and just starting my day and doing whatever and then I'll eventually get to things. So our dynamic is just basically one of like understanding each other's role and like understanding that Keegan's lazy and Michael's not and that, you know... Throughout the day, we'll throw each other ideas or, like, something like that. Um, But, you know, because we were friends before, we kind of understand each other, and it's a whole lot easier. And I know a lot of people don't want to go into business with their friends, but I feel like it's different when you've worked together before. Like, you've done things before, and now you're, like, actually going into business with them. Um, I don't, I wouldn't suggest just going into business with any friend, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, cause they're probably going to screw you over, but <laughs> Michael does not screw me over and I don't screw him over. So it's great.
0: i that's <laughs> going to ask next, next is, uh, how, what is it like to work with a partner? Cause I know all the things I do and being creative and I can't even imagine having someone else to like do that with. And, um, I want to know how that is.
1: It's actually so easy. It's very candid. We're able to say, I don't like that. I like this because we're both artists. And so there's no feeling involved if someone doesn't like something. Um, I mean, I guess there is a little bit, but we're still, you know, we're like, okay, I understand, you know, like, let me refine it. Let me, you know, let me do something to, or just scrap the idea, you mm-hmm. know? Um, cause that's happened a lot. He's ignored a lot of my ideas and I'm just like, gosh, dang it. You know, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know it's it's just it's so it's it's become easier too. you know after a while you just kind of like let things flow and uh like the shirt i'm wearing like the long sleeve it was just like a last minute idea we had another design lined up and we couldn't find any t-shirt blanks for it so we contacted a, a local printer and he was like oh yeah we have you know we have the that color you know so we combined two designs that we had designed for us like, oh, I don't know, like six months ago um, that we just had never used and we just threw them both on a t-shirt and now that's like one of our best sellers. It's, it's really weird. The t-shirts that you don't pay attention to are the ones that make the most money.
0: I feel like that's like everything creative in that nutshell. I, I was talking to, I don't remember who it was in one of the episodes, but um it's the same thing The things you don't expect to sell or you the things you don't expect people to like are always the ones that are (laughs) and it's kind of frustrating sometimes yeah it was
1: it was always like that with with photography Mm -hmm. um you know like I have a visco account and I I'll like you know every now and then post a picture on there well one of my pictures got reposted by visco and it ended up going. It's still going around Visco, and I'm like, I don't really like that picture. Why do you guys like it? You know? Yeah. Uh, and it's the same thing, you know, with social media. It's like you think that people aren't gonna like this, or they're, you know, they're not gonna like it, and then all of a sudden you have like thousands of likes, and you're like, what did I do wrong?
0: I feel like that's um, something I struggle with. Like I did photos of bathrooms and I'm still doing photos of bathrooms, but it was like a fun, Yeah, I remember stup- theory. yeah really. <laughs> it was like a fun, stun- a fun, stupid project. I was just doing like iPhone photos in bathrooms. Just like, colorful what was things. it called? Va- Occupied vacant? vacant. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Yeah, and it was just fun and stupid and silly, but it caught on. And I'm like, y'all really don't like this amazing photo I took with this wide lens that I edited for four hours that I just, you know, nitpicked and put up here. It's beautiful. No, they like this like cell phone photo of like a toilet in like a gas station. And it drove me crazy. And I've kind of held back on posting them lately because it's just like I was trying to grow in other areas. But people always ask me, that's the first thing they ask me, like, are you still doing bathroom photos? Like, that's the book they want to buy. That's what they want to know about. And it's so bizarre to me because I'm just like, that was such a fluke thing. Um, But apparently it's popular. So it's crazy how sometimes the stuff you don't expect to be popular ends up being the popular stuff.
1: I know. And you kind of regret it
0: (laughs) i know because it's still fun but i'm like really like that's not what i'm trying to do so much anymore but i think that's what i was talking about um in episode one i talked to my friend thomas and we were comparing it to like bands and how like bands like fans don't like to grow with them they like to hear their old stuff over and over and over again and it's so hard for like the bands to progress because they can't (laughs) get their fans to come along for the ride half the time yeah
1: it was kind of like that new Under Oath album. I was like, yeah. at first I was like so thrown off by it. And then I was like, after I watched the music video, I felt the passion in it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, let me listen to the album with some sort of like openness to passion. And then I was like, oh, okay, I get it.
0: Well, that's what he was. Did you go to that show?
1: No, I didn't, know.
0: Well, that's what Spencer was saying on stage was like, you know, I think they did a good job with this recent tour because they played a lot of old stuff, but they mixed it in with the new stuff, so they didn't yeah. piss anybody off. It wasn't like I've been to some tours where like the band doesn't want to um acknowledge their old music at all and so they just play their new stuff and everyone hates it cuz they're like that's not what we came for. But I think yeah. they did a good job of peppering it in and he was saying on stage, you know, like Whether or not you were a fan or not before, like, we're really proud of the music we're making. And that, you know, it makes you think about it differently when you go listen to it. But I was the same way because it's still not my favorite album or anything. But um, it's really cool to see that they're at least doing something.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we look at albums that have happened in our most pivotal moments of life. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, like, uh, I used to be obsessed with, uh, shoot, it's uh, Norma Jean. I'm yeah. stuttering so hard right now. Because <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of what the album name was. Uh, I'm searching it.
0: <laughs> Christian loves Norma Jean. And oh, now they're I what, 68 love... or something? The same guy? No, no, no.
1: That was The Chariot. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. Just kidding. So no, I. It wasn't I, the
0: same singer, though?
1: Yeah, it's Josh Scogan. Yeah. So Josh Scogan was. I love how we're just turning this into a music <laughs> conversation. <laughs> so Josh Scogan um, was. He was. In Norma Jean, and then he left to be in the chariot, mm-hmm. and then he left the chariot to be in '68. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the dude's name that's in Norma Jean right now, but yeah, ever since Redeemer in 2006, man, it's like it was like what freshman year in high school or mm-hmm. something. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, so. I always am relating creative stuff to music just because I feel like that's the most mainstream way to like make an analogy for people to understand. Um, yeah. but I mean, we do the same things like y'all probably would like your designs and your shirts and me with photos or whatever. And it's just like, man, <laughs> why is this like the one hit wonder <laughs> or whatever?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the, the crazy part, one of the first things we did as a Poncha surf club, I guess was we made a playlist on, um, Apple music or whatever and we just continuously kept adding songs that we'd come across because i was kind of in this like emotional shift in my life and so i was listening to a lot of like i can't even remember his name right now but anyways i i was i was just listening to music that was you know kind of angry mm-hmm. but it was it was in a soft manner you know and
0: me without you or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, I I wonder if we have me without you on there, but I listen to me without you a lot because it's, um, it's so poetic and it's so calming, but it's also like, Very you angsty. can yell. Yeah, yeah. You can yell. to it. Um, but yeah, I was listening to a lot of stuff like that. And then, you know, I started getting calmer. So like, as the playlist goes on, you start noticing that it goes from like, Kind of like rushy stuff to like really calm, slow, like surfy music, Um, which is kind of cool because, you know, when things reflect you, it becomes more important to other people.
0: Definitely. And that, I think, goes back to what you were saying earlier about how everyone wants to put a face to something. Yeah. Um, even if they can't <clears throat> put your actual physical face to it, like just knowing what you listen to or what your routine is or how you were inspired, or that's even kind of why I'm doing this whole podcast. Cause just people want to know the, the dark secrets and like the, the routines and how things happen from different creative people. I think at least I yeah.
1: do. Well, I mean, you know, social media kind of like has that darkness to it, you know, mm-hmm. you, you only see what, you know, every time you post, you know? Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day because like, you know, sometimes you're like, I wonder what my friend is up to. And, you know, you if they haven't posted anything for anyone to see, then you don't know what they're up to and you Mm -hmm. have to text them. And, you know, it's it's like social media has become has made us so dependent on knowing what people are up to. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I get it. You know, we're all like super insecure people just living our lives and trying to get through the day but it's like good night like we're so obsessed
0: (laughs) yeah and it's it's a hard um balancing act when it has to do with your business too because it's like it's dumb to not take advantage of social media for free advertising for whatever your business is for anything same time it creeps into your own psyche um and it's a whole it's a whole hamster wheel like cycle
1: yeah i i mean it's, it's just it's crazy that, you know, social media has become such a a, a part of our, like, fabric of being. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, I'm glad Poncha has an Instagram. Like, <laughs>
0: I am, too. I know? like what y'all post.
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's mostly, like, pictures that I've taken. Um, Michael used to take a lot more, but he's been so busy with Defend New Orleans that it's just been basically me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a picture of me, then it's like someone else in the water taking it. <laughs> but um but yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy how small Pancha is and how big it looks, you know, on social media.
0: oh, yeah, and that's something I was just at a birthday party for my friend's baby, like the other day. And I ran into some people and they're all like, it looks like you're killing it, looking good, like you look so busy. And I'm like, it's crazy that y'all think that because I'm sitting at my dining table with one microphone or like I'm at my computer at midnight and with no makeup. There's not like this glamorous <clears throat> back end to it. And so just trying yeah. to make it look like popping on the Internet is the goal. And I guess that's working, but it doesn't always mean that it's like that busy and crazy and glamorous on the other side.
1: Yeah, that's how it is because uh, I work at a pizzeria, too. Mm hmm. And anytime I show up, they're like, oh, Pancho, it looks like it's doing so well, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't think I've delivered an online order in a while, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get, we've started getting them more, you know, there was, there was a time where we didn't get an online order for probably like three months and we were like, what's happening? So we were trying to drive sales and do like crazy sales, like 50% off Mm -hmm. and people still weren't buying into it. And I think what was happening was we were going through a transitional thing, like trying to figure out like what direction we wanted to go in with this. So it was like, kind of like it was showing
0: i think sometimes that is apparent to the people whether or not you realize it or it's it might be subconscious but I, um i totally believe in like manifesting things and you know what you're thinking and what you're doing is what you'll get and um uh, oh, yeah. i've had that happen too where it's just like if you're down on yourself or you're not sure what you're doing then no one else is going to be sure what you're doing Um, but if you look like, you know what you're doing and you're positive and you're staying busy and usually that's when like everything else picks up too, which is so crazy how that happens.
1: Yeah. Like, um, our last few posts, it seems like everyone's like, oh, they know what they're doing now.
2: (laughs) Cause it's (laughs) like, like,
1: yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's not more than, like, 100 likes, but, like, still. <laughs>
0: that doesn't matter, though, because I-, I talked about this, too, with someone else. Like, if every single person that liked your picture bought a shirt, then you'd be <laughs> doing good. doesn't <laughs> actually mean – <laughs> yeah, doesn't mean anything. Oh, the Houdat sticker is so cute. So, wait, who is designing stuff? Are you both designing things?
1: Um, So, we have, like, a list of people. There's me. I did the Houdat sticker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael did – I can't – we all do like certain things and like let's let's just not take credit for like little things that we do but um
0: so everyone's all, kind of designing stuff
1: yeah so uh we also have a friend Eric Winkowski. i'm sure you've seen him he has like a um a video diary and it's like all animations it's like amazing
0: i don't think i have you're going to have to send me his page
1: yeah um we also have Landon Sheely who uh, I've known for a number of years through uh, this guy Brant Russo. Um, he used to like do this thing called Can't Ignore the Poor, and he was designing shirts for him. So like, I made friends with him, and then you know, ended up designing like one of our best sellers. So that was really cool. So
0: you're doing a lot of like collaborative things with other artists yeah, we, and
1: people. We, we want to collaborate. We don't want it to be in-house because we feel that a lot of the things that we create don't truly reflect us and we need our friends to show us what we look like. You That's know.
0: smart. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm just looking at your page right now and it's, it's very interesting because it's definitely got your aesthetic and Michael's aesthetic blended for sure. Yeah. But it works because it's so cohesive. Um, but I mean, it looks like this real i i don't know like put together like almost famous like it could be like it sold in Pac sun or something like i don't know and like it's funny because you're you're talking about like the hardships y'all have had like on the back end and you really can't tell from like your aesthetic your branding is so good
1: well you know on a personal level i think that a lot of this can i curse on this
0: yeah i had to make the whole podcast explicit because i cursed like in the first episode
1: okay cool well (laughs) I'm going to curse. Um, <laughs> I think all this shit that we had been through for so many years that we caused ourselves
2: mm-hmm.
1: and all the people that we hurt and all the lives that we ruined in in our wake. You know, like he's very quiet about it. Mine's out in the open. Um, so I just I had to confront it, you know, and I was like, I need to be better. I need to do better. We we need to support each other because we're both, you know, like, I guess addicts in our own way. Like, um, I'm sober for t- a number of years, um, because I had a drinking problem and, uh, you know, Michael had problems of his own. So it was just, it was like this big thing to like, try to <laughs> help ourselves. And like, I feel like now we're like so healthy and so honest and we want help and you know all the healthy things that you can think about have like put us in a place to like let poncha do its thing Mm -hmm. you know and um it's more important to me than it is to him because he's always so busy with the fin new orleans but to see poncha thrive is like everything to me
0: well i think it's definitely apparent and because surfing is such an active like thing like nothing yeah. to do in the first place. That aspect of like the healthiness comes through, but also just like your aesthetic is still like calming and everything's just so minimalist and clean. And I just feel like that really comes through in your branding, that whole mindset you were just talking about. And I feel like it's really authentic looking. Um but like you can usually tell when there's B S and um I don't think you'll have <laughs> that.
1: Yeah, I know. I, there's a lot of people that follow like a lot of brands. And I'm like, you, you don't want to sit there and say something negative about them. But a lot of times you, like, look at it and you're like, you're not going to last
2: mm-hmm.
1: because <clears> – <throat> also, there's another thing that really pisses me the, the frick off. It's, <laughs> it's those companies that use other people's pictures. Like, they tag the people, but, like, they're using these, like, really crazy scenes from, like, all over the world and stuff to, like, promote their brand that's a frickin' tent.
0: Yeah. Um, You
1: know, it's like, why aren't you out shooting your own stuff? Why aren't you paying someone to do this? Because, like, then you have an aesthetic. This whole Instagram aesthetic shit needs to stop.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) something that um, I know (coughs) has come up in multiple interviews with people because I'm going to probably interview a lot of photographers. And I have a couple so far I've interviewed. But just reposting and crediting and all that, and it's, like, it's super controversial because – with Instagram and Tumblr and meme culture and Twitter and all these things, like it's encouraging to share. Like yeah. I would want people to share my brand to get the word out, but at the same time it's not okay to take and use it for your own brand because then you're making money off of someone else's aesthetic. Um, and-, and it's very uh, hard to balance because I know like if a company wants – to reach out to me and like license like images of mine for like digital use like I charge them but if some at the same time if someone just goes and reposts my photo I'm not going to really invoice them so it's like this weird like no one really knows the etiquette um yeah and it's good to tag other people and I mean I had a a blog that kind of failed but it was called Groove Slang and I was doing it for fun and my whole Instagram the I remember mission, that Yeah, it's still around. I just don't do anything. Yeah. But (laughs) the mission of the Instagram was to share things that inspired me. And I kind of stopped because I was like, I'm just reposting other artists' work. And I might get some invoice sent to me. And I'm like, at the flip side, I don't want people doing that with my work. So it's hard to tell. But I know what you mean. Instagram culture is like this. I think the people younger than us, too, don't know um, the repercussions of doing stuff like that. And, And they think that because it's on the Internet, they can just take it. And that's not at all really what we learned at least what i learned like in art school and um
2: so yeah,
0: I, I i get your your opinion on like why don't they just go out and do it themselves because like how else are you gonna have an authentic brand if none of your content's on th- authentic to begin with
1: yeah um and that's you know like I, lo- I love ruka a lot of people say rvca but it's it's ruka oh
0: i never knew how to um, say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> good to know uh,
1: yeah, so basically, um, a lot of the companies that we, you know, we saw that we liked their branding was like Ruka, Vans, mm-hmm. like a bunch of surf brands that I won't like list off because probably everyone listening won't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we just we not that we blended like other people's brands. It was just like we like the way they do that. Well, we like you, liked can,
0: their you att- can be inspired that. by something. Oh yeah. Without stealing it, for sure, yeah,
1: yeah, um, but you know a lot of people are like, dude, you could put your your stuff in the van store because it's it's just like vans, and I'm like, nope,, Mm-mm.
0: yeah, it's that's sometimes it's like flattering, but not to be compared to people or yeah. brands like that because it's like you're trying to do your own thing, and it's um obviously apparent who you're influenced by at the end of the day sometimes, but um,
1: yeah, well, I just feel like in the surf community, there's so little going on i mean there's a lot going on but like as far as the big brands go you know i don't know it's 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 just like if you're a surf brand then you're a surf brand but if you're like a surf club then you're a community and you don't have to worry about you know like mm-hmm. falling into this niche of like what are you going to do for your branding you're like let's just be ourselves and something will come our way you know
0: I think that's worth um, for y'all because the branding is strong, but the fact that there's like a community behind it—it's not like I'm only using like Abercrombie as an example because that's <laughs> all I can think about right now. But because they always had like these like or even Hollister—it was like all—it was like a fake surf fit club,
2: models. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was like a fake surf club or like a fake like like established whatever. And I'm like, no, that's not like an accurate year. You just have that on a shirt. So I feel like y'all being like a surf club as a brand extending to an actual surf club community makes so much sense. And it stands out because it's not like this fake brand.
1: Yeah. Out in California, uh, they have like surf clubs and stuff, but you have to pay like a membership fee. And, um, it's basically the membership fee goes to upkeep on on the beaches and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and also for like events and like things like that. But like, you know, around here, like we don't have events and you know, the, I guess Grand Isle picks up after themselves. So it's like, you know, we can't collect membership dues. So, like, I don't – I think it's on our Instagram still because Michael was telling me that he did this, like, really funny thing. Oh, no, he, did, he didn't he did do it. Um, In the bio, it used to say membership dues, and it used to point down to our shop. Oh. See,
0: like, that's creative. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Um, and no one got it. I mean, we got it because we thought it was funny. But, like, we were basically comparing ourselves to, like, like, a California surf club and, like, being stupid about it. But
0: Well, I mean, I don't think it's a terrible idea, though. I do think if this is to grow any bigger, like, there's definitely ways that y'all could grow it in, like, a super, like, organized way if you wanted to have memberships and stuff. Um, Especially yeah. because y'all are a brand as well. It could have to do with, like getting merch i mean it's i don't want to offend you but it's kind of like a sorority but like a surf sorority <laughs> mm. and i only That's, say that because i have experience with that but it's kind of like so you pay dues, you get. Boys thing. Yeah, you're right <laughs> i don't mean it like that but you know i'm just trying to um or like a mardi gras crew or something i don't know like, it's yeah, a club yeah. it's a social club there's like events oh, there's oh. swag yeah
1: well yeah i i mean you know I had this idea that I was like, "Oh man, we should bring everyone together at least once a month, so everyone knows yeah. each other. It's not just like us talking to to each other on the internet and seeing an avatar. You know, mm-hmm. it's a whole lot more important because like I've met numerous people while surfing in Grand Isle, like from our group message and. Every time, it's just like, dude, these people are amazing.
0: Do y'all have any plans to, like, grow it bigger, like, with, like, a Facebook group or any of that kind of thing? I don't know.
1: You tried Facebook. Um, <clears throat> Facebook just wasn't the place for it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's working it's well so in your group message? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's working well in the group message because people are adding their friends, mm-hmm. and then those friends are adding their friends. And, I mean, it doesn't, like, happen very quickly. Like I said, there's only, like, seven, 70 people, but
0: but only Uh, 70 is a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it started off with just a few people and no really mess, you know, but then Michael was like, why don't we push it? You know, push the group message above Mm -hmm. like people sending us messages on Instagram. I was like, that's a good idea. Go ahead and do it. So he's like, all right, you're in charge of the group message. I was like, okay, since, you know, Instagram, whatever, I don't want to do it. Uh, but, yeah, so it, it actually ended up just, like, working out in the long run. But
0: This kind of remember, reminds me of growing up, my brother and my dad – I grew up in Phoenix. Um, my brother and my dad were involved in trials, like motorcycle sports, which is, like, more of a yeah. European thing. But if you look it up, it's, like, the people who basically balance on, like, rocks on the mountain and whatever. And it's all about, like, you can't put your foot down and you have to go through sections and – um, it's different. It's like motorcycles that you stand up on. They don't have seats. And my yeah. brother and my dad were super involved in it and it wasn't quite like motocross, but it kind of uh, like blended with the motocross crowd sometimes, but it was like a trials club and there's a national organization and there's different ones in every state. And it's kind of unofficial, but kind of official at the same time, <clears throat> but we'd go once a month or however many times a year to the trials, like the motorcycle meet is what we called it. And it'd be at a different yeah. place in feet or Arizona. And we traveled to Tennessee. My brother won something and went to Vegas. Anyways, it was kind of the same thing, but they'd have, like, it'd be a competition amongst each club in each state, and then it turns into this national competition, and there's, like, this whole bracket system of um, awards and everything, and it's just crazy, because this kind of reminds me of that. Like, it sounds like it's something that's going to start being, like, where there's going to be, like, cool ways to compete with each other and to, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean... The weird thing about our surf community is we're not clickish mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: a lot of surf communities are really clicky, and um the weird thing is is that everyone else is, and we're not because we're our own surf community, and it's impossible to have a click inside of this mm-hmm. you know Louisiana surfing why should we have a click? That is the click, yeah um. So everyone knows each other, and everyone is willing to surf with each other. It's not like, oh, I'm willing to surf with you more than this person.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But you go to, like, Alabama, and there's, like, cliques, and there's, like, rivalries between cliques, and, like, you go to Florida, like, I don't know if have you ever heard of the salty humans? It's like, uh, no. they're like a branch from water boys surf shop in, in Pensacola. Anyways, I don't think they like us much. <laughs> <laughs> um, cause we, you know, I try to be fu- like, we try to be funny with them on like social media and stuff. And like, they just don't know how to take it. I, I guess it's cause they're from, they're from Florida. And we have different humor over here or, like, something. I don't know. But um, I don't know. It's it's Surfing's really weird, and it's, like, just as kooky as being a kook, you know? Like, mm-hmm. not surfing or acting like you surf and having, you know. I don't know if you've ever seen the account kook of the day, but if you want to know what a kook is, just I look know. up the account kook of the day. This is for everyone listening. <laughs> you will literally be amazed, at some of the things people do to look like they surf.
0: Oh, it's like, like posers.
1: <clears throat> yeah, like posers, but okay, I'm looking. At you that. know,
0: it's. I mean, I don't know anything about surfing besides like, <clears throat> oh, I mean, rocket power is literally the extent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I see a bunch of people I know follow it. Wow. Who yeah. knew? Some people I know. Who knew that so many people I follow are surfers? Um, I'm gonna have to watch all this stuff. Um. Yeah. It's cool, though. I still just am, like, kind of blown away that, like, an idea for, like, a creative outlet turned into T-shirts, turned into a brand, turned into stuff in stores, turned into a community of 70 people in a group message. Um, I think that's pretty impactful.
1: Yeah. I'm honestly blown away, especially because, like like I was talking about earlier, like, the personal effects that it has, Mm -hmm. you know, because you have, like, people behind you and, like wanting to hang out with you all the time to surf. And it's like the one thing that you all love to do. And I don't know, like I can't replace that feeling with anything else. And, you know, because, because of Poncha, I like went a total like opposite direction in life, than you know, I could have been going Mm -hmm. and, um, it's impossible for me to like be unhealthy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you (laughs) can't be unhealthy and surf.
1: Yeah. Um, Um, Oh so, yeah, I'm sorry.
0: No, you're fine. It when I I'm noticing on Skype like if I interrupt which is teaching me to not inter- interrupt as much like it just cancels out the audio. So I'm sorry if I
1: Oh, oh goodness.
0: I think it's my fault. I'm really still getting used to just speaking in general. And I kind of forget that I'm recording sometimes and I'm very excited about interrupting people and (laughs) talking fast. So I'm, this is definitely a crash course and helping me get over that. But, um, no, what I was going to ask you is, so what would you like, what advice would you give to someone who has some sort of creative, creative project they want to start, but they're not sure if it's worth it?
1: I think that just personally having tried three or four times to make a clothing brand that was trying to be successful, I guess. Um, it takes trying, (laughs) um, you know, don't be afraid of if it's going to work or not. Just start making stuff because you're going to get better at it. Um, and I feel like a lot of people hold themselves back because they're afraid that it won't be good enough. And it's like, I make plenty of things in my sketchbook that I'm like, I want no one to see that. Yeah. That is horrible. So, if if you think about it that way, you're gonna be fine. Like, you're gonna make something that people like, and you're gonna continue to make something that people like, and then more people like it. More people, you know. Like, mm-hmm. if if you want the satisfaction from that, awesome. If you don't, if you want to create create for yourself, do it. Um. But yeah, just start, try, practice, do, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, you know, always goes back to Nike for me. Like, just do it. It's so true. Yeah, like, yeah, just do it. I mean,
1: it's the simplest form of branding, but it works in so many different aspects of life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I'm jealous that they came up with that one. <laughs> and not like
1: everyone on earth coming up with
0: it. I know. I feel like
1: everyone should have a hold of just do it because it's like, it's too easy. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah, and it's really the best advice. I feel like it always boils down to that. But, okay, so where can people find Poncha? How can they get involved with the community, purchase the merch, all that stuff?
1: Cool. So basically it's poncha.com, P-O-N-T-C-H-A.com. Mm-hmm. Think about it. It's short for Poncha Train. Just remember that. Um, and then our Instagram is ponchasurf, spelled the same way. Um, and then you can buy, I mean, I'm sure we'll have stuff in stores, more stuff in stores pretty soon. Um, just follow us on social media or whatever. Make sure that we're not doing a pop-up around you because if we are, we want to see your face and, um, you know, just, I don't know. I don't don't know.
0: (laughs) No, I think that's perfect. Um, yeah. yeah, And if, if people are interested in doing the surf thing in real life, just,
1: Um, Just contact us. You can email us through our website or you can like, uh, you know, direct messages on Instagram and we'll send you a link um, like for the group message or whatever. If you're wanting to like surf with us or if you just want to learn, you know, we don't care. Yeah. Get in the group message. Yeah. Because you're going to learn a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I still want to go out and photograph surf with y'all because that just sounds so fun.
1: Yeah, you should. Do you, you have wait?
0: Time out. I'm not really bad about this. I always kind of try to end the podcast and then I ask more questions. Um, do you have like camera housing for your camera to get in the water, or how are you doing that? Is
1: yeah. It GoPro? So, so I, sometimes I use a GoPro, but that's only if I want like footage. Um, I use uh, it's like SeaFrogs for my um, for my uh, Fuji X100T um it when we first started off though i had a housing for my d300 and um it was one of those like outex if you've ever heard of them
0: i think i have actually
1: yeah i used one of those and uh it was just like i'm so glad that they made a clear one but like i'm never buying one you know like i'm over it i'm so used to having a like a really nice housing now mm-hmm. where i can press all the buttons and like see what i'm doing um and it's so much easier like with a housing like that. So and it was only like three hundred bucks, you know?
0: That's really cool. I've never even attempted to try to take photos like with my actual camera around water like that. Um, yeah. but the photos that you get are incredible. Like I want everyone to go look up Poncho's Instagram, mostly just I mean, to even look at the awesome photos y'all take. They're so good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I mean there's plenty of photos that I can say that I'm actually proud of, you know? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even matter if people like them like I'm proud of that picture you know you know the feeling yeah it's the same thing it goes back to what we were saying earlier about like oh like I don't really necessarily like this picture but let me post it you know
0: okay hey y'all so <laughs> I was listening back to this interview getting ready to queue it up and I realized I didn't even really end the interview uh, properly, I kind of just stopped recording, and Keegan and I actually kept talking for a solid 30 minutes afterwards. And now that I'm listening to it, it's really awkward that I didn't thank him for coming on the show or anything. So if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you go show Poncha Serve Club some love on Instagram and buy some merch. Hey, y'all. Just popping in to give a big thanks to you for listening to this episode of Do What You Want Radio. As always, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and follow if you're on Spotify. Show notes for this episode and more can be found at DoWhatYouWantRadio.com. I am super active on my Instagram account at Jordan Heffler if you're interested in keeping up with me there and I also have a weekly email newsletter that you can subscribe to at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Every Thursday, I send out a tip of the week along with promotional information about my Do What You Want workshop series, online e-courses that help you learn to create authentically branded content that leverage growth on your social media platforms all by yourself. I also have Lightroom presets, merchandise, and just general information about my life and photography business in these email newsletters. Y'all are so awesome for listening thank you so much and until next time keep doing what you want (laughs) did that sound too fake